this is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Still plumbing, CC. Plough on, guys. Taking too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near the answer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Fowles Bridge is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. This is a podcast with a foundation of village cricket, an average chat, assembled around the greatest cricket club in the world. I'm Chris Butlin, and if you'd asked me this time last year if I would be hosting a podcast for a cricket team based in South London that I hadn't even dreamt existed, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But let's have a go at this. Alongside me, I'm really excited to say that we have Trent Catanzariti, a man that spent more time drunk fondling new Kookaburra bats than most, my podcast partner in crime. How much podcast hosting do you have, Trent? Uh, not, a, not, not, not a lot. Uh, done, a, done one here and there. Uh, it's great to be here, especially after hearing the, the music to my ears of the Thanks for Coming jingle. Absolutely love it. Love it to be back. Uh, nice to be in the airways with you, mate. Who do we have on the podcast today, Trent? We've got two very special guests. Uh, Paddy Gledhill, welcome. Lovely to have you with us. That's very kind of you to welcome me, Trent. Nice to see you. And even better to hear you. Thank you, mate. Lovely to see you too. And we have new recruit, Laura Thompson. Welcome, Laura. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're very fortunate to have you both with us this evening. So thanks very much for taking time out um, to be part of this pod. So as is the ritual when we have new people joining the pod, um, we're interested to know, um, I'll start with you, Paddy, one of the first plough I ever met, I think Lifetime Achievement, Loves to Bat Award winner. Um, <laughs> how, did you, how did you come to, to the plough? Um, I joined the plough in 2005, and the story there is, is that uh, I met a guy called Dill Davis, uh, who's Harry's dad, and I was taking my two girls to school in Northfields, which is near Ealing, and uh, I overheard this chap going on about cricket quite vociferously in front of me, and uh, I listened for a while, and uh, I, I introduced myself and said, actually, I, I, I like cricket, actually, I've not, who, 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 who are you? And uh, he, he introduced himself, and I introduced myself, and before I knew where I was, he'd invited me to Lords to watch England play. And um, I said, well, that's very kind of you. And whilst we were there watching cricket, um, he said to me, would I like to play for his club called Ploughman's? And uh, I said, oh, that sounds lovely. Where do you play? And uh, he said they play at a place called Warren Farm, which I had no idea where that was. Um, but he said it was nearby, and he said that there are uh, Plowins as a social club. It uh, has two sides: Saturday, Sunday, and um, we're just getting ready for the season. We we uh, net at Lords. I thought, oh, that sounds lovely. And he just sold me this idea of a, a village cricket team playing in London um, with a bunch of characters that sounded very interesting. So I thought I would love to experience that, and. Uh, I'm from a little village called New Olsford in Hampshire. And when I was the age of 15, I was the junior rep on the committee and I kept wicket for the side. And I loved playing cricket as a teenager and um, I always missed it. I always missed the camaraderie and the characters. And so uh, when Dill invited me to play for the plough, I, I stepped in 
and I found a, um, a very welcoming, um, hospitable, caring uh, environment uh, of keen cricketers who wanted to play the game very well, but also with the right spirit. Um, and I just loved it. And uh, I've played since 2005 and it's a big part of my life through ups and downs. It's been a very consistent part of my life. So uh, that's how I joined the plough. And that's why I'm very keen to keep going as long as possible uh, to enjoy it and also to enjoy the characters and friends that I meet along the way. Wow. You've gone through uh, some, some really good uh, insights there into what makes up our cricket club. And, and I, you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. And obviously talking about some, um, some definitely some stalwarts of the club with some of the players you've, um, you've, you've spoken about there in, in, in high regard. So thank you very much. And Laura, this is like the more recent joiner of the club, but how did you come about at the plough? I feel like my entrance has been a bit more alcohol related than um, Patrick's, which might be a bit concerning. Um, but I basically met Liam socially um, and then became friends. And then we talked about how I used to play cricket when I was younger and I came and watched, I think it was actually the last game of the season last year. And then stayed behind after the game and just had a few drinks with everyone afterwards. Um, and then I said to Liam, can I bowl against you? And then we went out on the pitch and I bowled against him and almost took his head off. Poor bloke. And then everyone kind of got involved and we were all playing. It was quite fun. Um, and next thing you know, I was there saying, yeah, I'll join next year. And here I am, basically. A woman of my word. Amazing. Don't, don't underestimate how, um, how much alcohol has been involved in anyone's joining of the plough. Here's a little exciting stat. Um, Laura, uh, you are, you are the first female plough woman, plough lady, um, not sure the exact terminology. Obviously, plowman's is a what well, my understanding is a plowman sandwich. Uh, it could be it could be described many things, but congratulations on being the first female official female playing for our club. It's such an exciting uh, time for the club. We've grown uh, very quickly over the last couple of years, um, and that's very evident. We're putting out five teams a weekend at the moment, and to have you as the number one lady plow. It's outstanding. So a very big welcome aboard. Um, I'm thinking you have a great season. I think you bowl very well. Um, I haven't seen you bat, although you've told me you don't bat, but um, I've seen you bowling and your bowling's quite handy. Thank you. No, I think when I was speaking to Liam and it was all just kind of like an idea initially, um, obviously my experience previously with cricket has only just been playing I so I started when I was 14 and I played for a women's league at a te, um, team at that time because they didn't have a girls team um it was just women's or boys and men so I was a bit kind of shoved in at the deep end slot somewhat with my capable lack of capabilities at that age um but I think hopefully um as I mentioned before we started, there's, there are always going to be some kind of um, stigma of being a, a woman playing typically in men's sport. But um, hopefully it will encourage more women to, to join. And that's the kind of aim, really. 
Um, I think it's important to get everyone involved, no matter what gender, really. And it's exciting to have you part of our club as the first very uh, official female. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure so far. I didn't think that, you know, I'd be going to Lords or any of any of this stuff um, even a couple of months ago. So just to be able to have the opportunities that I've already experienced is um, mind-blowing, really. But, yeah, no, I'm excited to, to be here and to carry on playing and drinking as much as I possibly can. <laughs> nice. So, Trent, what do we have coming up on this week's podcast? Once again, we have five games over the weekend, three Saturday sides, two Sunday teams, the usual roundup of the best performances of the week with bat, ball and in the field, fantasy cricket, including some very special correspondence. We'll have some any other business, uh, which will include some pro-sledging tips and some other of the usual nonsense. Thanks, Trent. So first up, we'll go through the games of the weekend, um, starting on Saturday with the first team who are away at Spencer Sharks. Obviously, Chris, you played for the first team on Saturday. I gather you open the innings. Tell us about the game. Well, I have to start with before we even got to the ground, there was a brunch that was beautifully organised but terribly attended by Logan. Hold on. is that Are you saying that Logan was late to a brunch? Unbelievably, Logan was late to a brunch that he organised himself. 11am, we were all excited. We all thought we might see Logan Cassin in the AM. But alas, he didn't make it after sleeping in. So was he on time for the game? He was on time for the game. We made it to the ground on time. We had 11 players on time. And the pitch looked green, but fairly hard. There was a bit of cloud cover overhead. I mean, I think quite sensibly, having won our last two games bowling first, Grazer won the toss and elected to bowl. And we had we saw there was no bush this week. Um, so tell us who opened the bowling. So no bush. We opened up with the terrifying combination of away swing from Puff and in swing from Lonsdale, with Puff immediately setting it into his line of length. And Lonsdale at the other end with a probably quite classic Lonsdale first over of wide, wide, dot, no ball, bold, um, going straight through their opener. So Ollie Lonsdale and Ashish Paul set the scene and set the tone very early. Uh, the poor batsman is all I want to say. Those poor Spencer Sharks batsmen. Yeah, it turned out like that. I mean, they looked like they had some pretty good players, but between Zeray's chat at Gully... Puff bowling out swingers, teasing away from the off stump on one side, and Ollie just absolutely ripping through them on a pitch with a bit of bounce, and even including two genuine nicks through Surrey who kept beautifully. Um, and after the 18 overs of those two, it left it left Spencer Sharks in the lurch, 65 for eight. Wow. So did uh, Ollie finish up with him? what? Did, what did Ollie and uh, what was these figures? So shout out to Puff, nine overs for 16 runs, one for 16 he finished up with. But wow. Ollie, the headline, nine overs, one maiden, seven, seven for 39. And as he reminded us all, I got the whole team out. I got you out, I got you out, I got you out, was he was parading around the boundary. <laughs> every right to, absolutely every right to. And he got his, he got his, he got his shirt off at the Wandle, I believe, later on as well. Yeah, well, as is true Lonsdale fashion. And over to the batting, mate. Let's talk through the batting innings. How did we get on with chasing those runs? 
So Spencer put up a bit of resistance and fair play to Plough. We kept the energy up in the field, bowled well. Grazer came on and particularly CRS, he bowled seven overs for 10 runs, obsessed. Uh, he kept it tight, but Logan eventually finished them off. So they're all out for 102. But then in, in reply, as has become a bit of a pattern, we made a hard work of a low chase, really. Um, but we got there in the end, and there was good knocks from Ben Fletcher on league team debut with 27. DeRay, who came in and hit three fours in an over, after which he, he, he promptly told the bowler to fetch that after smashing his third, his third one in a row through the covers. However, as, as he put it to me earlier, he ended up getting bowled, so he had poor return on investment on that sledge. Um, and then after a few more wickets, eventually Tiz and Grazer got us home. And a massive shout-out to Tiz for battling through, ending on 30, not out, and just the man you want in that situation, really. And our courageous captain, uh, Liam Gray, um, doing doing a job again, coming in and helping uh, see it over the line. Not, another not out, another, another red ink for this, this, the book. And... And and tears as well. Really good to see. Yep, it was a great performance, great bowling performance, another great win. 30 points on the board, three wins out of three. And we uh, promptly headed off to, to the Wandle to meet the twos and threes. I had massive fear of missing out that night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> after after visiting there a couple of weeks ago with um, uh, the Sunday guys, oh, my goodness, what a place. On Saturday, our second team went and played against Ockham Otters. Ah, what a name. Um, so we caught up with good friend of the show, Tom Glynn-Jones, who had this report for us. Unbelievable, Trent. It was grey skies that met the plough twos as they descended on Woking Park for their second league fixture of the year against Ockham CC. And it was a green pitch too that met us, cut only from crease to crease with a smattering of daisies on a good length. Uh, Cake stuck on a train on the way to Woking. Cake on a train, perhaps the unmade sequel to Snakes on a Plane. Uh, Stand and skip of the day, Tom Lane won the toss and elected to bat in these tricky conditions. Uh, he opened the batting alongside Cake and they strode out uh, with rain starting to fall. They both batted very watchfully, seen through the openers, uh, assisted slightly by Spencer in his uh, umpiring capacity, hauling off one of their openers for sending down two waist-high no balls. Uh, the first change bowlers came on, one of which took a phone call off his mark before starting his second over. Uh, and the change uh, brought the wicket, Cake falling for 11, caught a slip off one that popped. Tom Lane continuing on before being bowled for 23. Our three and four on the day, Harry Edmonds and Will Curtis batted extremely well, combining for a 51 partnership. Uh, Harry ending on 39 uh, and uh, Will Curtis for 31. Uh, shot of the day to Harry Edmonds uh, for a six pumped back over the bowler's head, the ball never to be seen again. Both players mixing well-timed attack with very watchful defence. Greg departed without troubling the scorer. Uh, hopefully the note left on his windscreen. Uh, for not parking a turning circle, uh, wasn't taken to heart too much. Ben Hamil- Hamilton with very good uh, runnable 24. Uh, I chipped in with a streaky 19 as of there, uh, two not out at the end as well. Uh, Plough finishing on 175 for six off their 40, looking like a very competitive total given the conditions, uh, which took us through to T. Uh, uh, the opening bowlers of Plough, uh, Daisy Dukes and Spence, uh, stocking up well with a 99 with Flake from the ice cream van and McNuggets respectively, and boy did it do the trick. Uh, they absolutely steamed in uh, as the sun broke through the clouds, um, dropping, the la- uh, dropping the ball on a great line of length, movement through the air, movement off the pitch, variable bounce. Uh, Ocker really were 
blown away. Uh, will be chipping in with an excellent three wickets. Looked like taking more. Bowled fantastically well. Spence unlucky to only get one, but similarly bowled fantastically well. And just as Ockham started to sigh a sigh of relief, thinking they'd seen through the most dangerous pairing, who do they see as our first change bowlers? None other than Drew Withers and Azarul, AJ, Azza, um, and boy, did they bowl well. Drew, unlucky not to pick up a wicket, uh, but, but hammering away on a great line in length. But Azza was the man of the day. Ockham simply had no answer to it. Booming in swingers, um, scattering stumps all over the place, um, taking six for a very miserly nine off only 3.4. I mean, it was fantastic stuff. By the time the, the ball thudded into the pad of their number 11, uh, out LBW, they were despondent. Quick shout out to Ben Hamilton, excellent behind the sticks. A good fielding performance from Plough and well skippered by stand-in captain Tom Lane. A good day for the twos then. Uh, Ockham CC, 56 all out off 16.4. The margin of victory, 119 runs. The Plough twos, two from two, top of the league. Good day out. Plough on. Uh, thank you very much for that, Tom. Um, well played, mate. Great contribution. Um, well done to the twos. Uh, it's two from two for the twos. Joining our ones, two from two as well. Uh, very great game indeed. And on Saturday, our third game of the day was, I believe, against Sheen Park. And we're lucky enough to have Paddy here, who was there and is ready to give us a report of the game. So, Paddy, what was the pitch like? Who won the toss? Set the scene for us. Uh, Well, uh, rather a picturesque environment to play cricket. The pitch was... um, a little bit underprepared and a little bit uneven, to be fair. Um, but it was the same for both sides, and you've got to get on with it. Um, so, uh, from recollection, um, uh, we won the toss, and we decided to field first because we wanted to see what the pitch was going to do. Um, and we opened up with um, a chap that I've not seen before, uh, DNS coming in from one end, uh, who bowled uh, a sharp a sharp military medium. Um, he um, has got a very good action. His length was very good. His radar was slightly off. Um, and Yanni was called into action behind the stumps, who kept very well. Um, his foot movement for Yanni was very good. Took the ball sharply, very enthusiastic cricketer and is learning the craft of keeping very well. But DNS did fair to him, to be fair to him, bowled some lovely balls within his spell. Um, and in fact, I think he finished with um, the best figures of uh, seven overs, two for 24. So um, well bowled DNS and with more more game time, um, he's going to be a very, very useful um, bowler. In fact, all the, all the, all the, all the, all the, all the guys contributed so, so well. Um, so Sheen, they batted, they batted okay. Um, they knew their, they knew their ground very well. The boundary was short, and we did our very best. We actually kept going very well. Um, Sheen amassed a total of 243, which was quite a lot off 35 overs. 
Um, and we actually thought that's going to be quite hard to to get. Um, we then um, we then batted, and uh, I think we went for about twenty runs for the first wicket, thirty five for the second, and I thought, oh, we're not going to get this. There's no way we're going to get this. Um, and then um, DN, a chap called DNS came in, uh, Nielsen Scott uh came in and he he hit the ball so cleanly um for six after six after six and four after four and he actually got up to 96 um incredibly well um off only 40 balls and um he's a very very good cricketer it's the first time i played with him he hit the ball so cleanly. Somebody asked me, was that the best innings I've seen? It's certainly the best clean hitting I've witnessed in my years at Ploughman's. I think the most pressurised innings I've seen was when we played uh, a Greek representative side in Corfu, where Paul Hines um, scored a century against probably better opposition so it's difficult to compare. Probably Paul's is the better innings in terms of the competitive environment, but this is certainly way up there. He hit the ball so cleanly, um, and we did very well. We actually so we 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 got up to um, two hundred and thirty. So we fell thirteen runs short or fourteen runs short of victory. Um, another special mention is uh, Hansi who batted at number three and got 41, who batted very, very sensibly and really supported um, DNS because, uh, again, it's, it's uh, partnerships. The guys with the, who, who score the most runs get the headlines, but without Hansi's contribution, steadying the ship, ones, twos, little nicks here, we would have crumbled. So he held it together, and it was a great, great effort. Um, a lovely game, good, at, good atmosphere, and very nice to see some 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 cricketers contributing really really well. And there is a lot of competition for places in this club. Um, it's actually I think the highest the highest standard of player I've seen in my time since two thousand and five. So a good game, played in the right spirit, and we had a drink afterwards. So all good. Excellent, and uh, nearly got over the line. Unlucky Harry, unlucky the thirds on the Saturday. Yeah. Uh, wins just around the corner. Um, we'll move on to our Sunday games. And first up, the Sunday blue team were at home to Putney. And Trent, who have we got covering that game for us? Thanks, Chris. Yes, I managed to catch up with AJ Brassard, uh, who filled us in on all the great things that happen at Putney or happen at DSG with Putney. Um, so over to AJ. Hey boys, it's Adrian Passard here. I'm going to give a quick overview of the Plough Blue game versus Putney. So last Sunday, Plough Blue rocked up at Dodge to go against Putney. Given that the majority of the lads were in the Wandel the night before celebrating Freeway's birthday, I'm surprised we all turned up, quite frankly. But nevertheless, as we did, we went to look at the wicket. We found it really green, which is fairly as expected for um, May time. Uh, we unfortunately lost the toss, uh, but were put into bat, which we probably would have done anyway. Um, we opened up with Escanta and Connolly, who got us off to a flying start. We were 40 for none after six, 
None of the opening bowlers were troubling our batsmen. Unfortunately, Connolly got a ball that just didn't bounce, and look, there's nothing you can do about that. Thankfully, Iskander carried on, got to a 50. He did manage to score his first six for the plow, which is very, uh, very noble achievement. Fortunately, he got carried away and tried to hit another one, but got caught on the boundary under some very interesting field and circumstances, but uh, I won't talk about t- that too much on the podcast. Um, thankfully, up next, we had Rehan. Rehan has been in some of the best form I've seen. He, he scored 74, and he was playing shots all across the ground, offside, leg side, on drives, Cut, cut shots. He was an amazing player to watch. What was really good is that he was very composed throughout the innings. He ran really well, converted ones into twos, twos into threes. He guided the other players on how to go about it. Um, also worth mentioning that I got a chance to bat with my housemate Tom. What I'm really liking at the club right now is the amount of flatmate batting partnerships that we've started to kick off, which is a testament to the depth that we have at the club right now. So Plato finished their 40 overs on 2-2-3, which is a fairly modest target on a May wicket, given, and given how fast the boundaries were. As we went out to tease, we regrouped, largely talked about the fact that we were going to have to bowl fairly well and feel fairly well to defend the score, but it's very much in our hands to do so. We also talked a lot about tour, and we all realised that the next game we're going to play for Plow will be on tour on Spanish soil, which got us all very excited. But we par- we very quickly parked the tour chat and went out to ball. So we opened up with Hopper and Gray. And as we all know, Hopper's nickname is Shagger. And I must say, it's very weird listening to 11 grown men shouting, come on, Shagger, on a very open Dulwich field. But that's plowman's for you. So Hopper managed to get wicket early doors. Gray's are bowled with some really good line and length brought maintain an element of control and we had put one down very quickly. Up next we had the two Toms, so that's Tom Elmsley and Tom Lonnon, so leg spin and experienced pace at the other end. Uh, Tom Elmsley bowled really well, managed to spin quite a few past the bat, managed to get their number three, a clean bowled and got another batsman caught bowled. Lonnon, as always, will take wickets. I can bet your bottom dollar on it. He took three wickets in fairly quick succession. Unfortunately, he should have had more, but was let down by some really poor fielding, which is something that we'll need to correct over the next couple of weeks. So, going into drinks, Putney were about 90 runs in after 20 overs. Very much a modest effort. Plough were in very much control. Unfortunately, after the drinks break, the... uh, Putney players decided to swing their bat a lot more. Whilst it brought plough wickets, it also allowed the runs to flourish. So as we proceeded, the runs got closer, the wickets kept tumbling, and it came down to the last batting pair. Whilst plough tried a combination of bowlers, like bringing the openers back on, Iskander came on, we were not able to take the final wicket. And look, it's a testament to the depth Putney had. Unfortunately, plough just couldn't get over so over the line as Putney scraped a one-wicket victory against the Plough with a couple of balls to spare. Overall, really good effort from Plough, some solid batting performances, some solid bowling performances. The fielding needs a bit of work, and look, it's early doors in the season. It's something that we can work on to correct as the season goes ahead. After the game, jugs were flowing, many freefers, many 50s equals many jugs. Whilst Plough sat down, reflecting on the game, they also started to get excited over tour. Um, it's worth noting that Connolly is very scared of going clubbing, so let's make sure that happens. 
overall really good day off of the plow uh, plow on thank you very much aj uh well done uh great report and um we look forward to seeing you continue to play in the future one highlight for that game um, that AJ didn't mention was I've heard that their number three came in and asked for a medium guard. Um, I think there was some pretty terrible chat that followed up from London, which said something on the lines of, at least you didn't ask for lemon and herb, otherwise we would definitely have ripped into you. <laughs> and maybe one for the uh, sledge of the week later on there. Hold that thought as we go across to Trent who was part of the Sunday gold team uh, against Woking and Horsell. So Trent, how did we get on at Woking? Yes, lovely fixture, this one. Um, uh, this is where I actually played my first game for the Plough, way back in uh, 2019. Uh, so we all arrived at Woking Horsell, uh, just up the road from Ottershaw, those that don't know the area. Um, we, Max won the toss, well, led, sorry, we're led by Max Gumpert, who won the toss and had no doubt in batting at all. Uh, lovely little ground. Pitch looked like it played very well. And we were told um, after the toss that generally 200 to 250 is generally a pass score. Um, so we opened with uh, Michael Ainsley and uh, Steve Brito, um, who were solid for the first 10 overs, unfortunately, before Brito uh, fell for about 10 runs, I think it was. Uh, however, Michael Ainsley... Um, still continue to tick the runs over. Uh, and he and Max had a, a fine partnership before um, Ainsley was out for 37. Um, batted very well, looked really good, looked like he's starting to get some time on the ball and, and those nets that Madavella starting to pay off for him. Um, Max managed a great uh, 47 um, from 34. Uh, he was dropped um, second ball of his innings. Um, this young 12-year-old Alfie, remember that name, Alfie? He's going to be playing uh, a very high standard of cricket, bowling left arm leg spin. Um, incredible bowler, bowling it right on a good length uh, for a 12-year-old, which I know is really difficult to do. Um, however, you take your, you take your chances, and but Max went on and hit 47. Um, we had a bit of a, a collapse in the middle order, Um uh, but the tail wagged uh, very well uh, with Simon Crane, um, Damon Greeny, uh, and myself managing to contribute um, uh, 70 between the... There was about four or five of us in the end uh, with Naraj and, and Mo as well that managed to contribute 70 from the bottom sort of four or five of us after, off the last 10 overs, which got us to a respectable total of uh, 183, I think it was, 184 to, for them to win. Um so it was, a, it, was a, it was a really good recovery. What we probably, I think the feeling was we might have been a few short, but we also believed that we could um, we could defend that as well. Nice. And how did you get on the bowling? How did you get on the field? Uh, yeah, we started we started okay. Um, Damon and I uh, opened the bowling. Uh, Damon, oh, he's so consistent. Such bowling, such great line of length. Um, unfortunately. Um, they were getting me away a little bit easier than I would have liked. Uh, a couple of early chances um, that, that didn't go to hand. However, that, that's cricket. Um, and Damon took a, a wicket, I think, in his in his third over, I think it would have been. A bold, bold really well, uh, bold all the way through, um, who set the scene really early on with the ball. Um, 
However, they continue to get runs um, quickly, and and that was a bit of a concern. But right at drinks at the twentieth over mark, it was it was level pegging, um, and we knew after drinks if we could take a couple of quick wickets, that would um, you know help help level things out. Um, Max introduced Mo and Naraj um, bowling in tandem. Uh, new spin twins for the Plowmans. They bowled exceptionally well. Uh, Naraj picking up one wicket, Mo picking up two. But there were three uh, vital wickets between them, um, which is so good to see. Um, at the same time, Spence was reintroduced and and really keeping it tight at one end as well. Um, and and knowing that we needed to bowl them out to win the game, uh, Max introduced um, Steve Brito. Uh, I'd never seen him bowl in a game. I've seen him bowl recently at the Motorvale Nets, and now he's been bowling some really good lines, um, which is great. And Steve Brito finished with uh, bowling figures of four for ten off two point three overs. That's amazing. Those uh, made of our bowl offs are certainly paying off for Steve. Absolutely, and I um, I managed to catch up with um, a couple of players after the game. Um, first first gamers for the season with um, John Joan Rivers Rives and uh, Mo Khan. I'm here at Woking and Herschel with two very special guests. They played incredible cricket today. I'm here with Joan Rivers, or John Rives, I should say, and Mo Khan. First games for the summer. Welcome, lads. John, after a little while out of the game, how are you feeling to be back, mate? Yeah, no, it's great to be back. I think uh, it was a very tight game today. You know, we were under a bit of pressure. You know, I think 100 for six or whatever. You know, I thought we were going to struggle. And then some late hitting. You know, it was, it was a great finish. Um, both both innings were great finishes, I think, from the plough, hitting and death bowling, you know. So, I, you know, I love being out there. It's a beautiful day. And, God, you know, who, who could ask for a better finish? Thank you very much, mate. Great to have you back on board. Over to you, Mo. Uh, first game for the summer um, after a long winter. Um, tell me how you feel, mate. You, the ball was coming out of the hand pretty well today. Uh, it feels great. It felt great when I was uh, bowling out there, but I'm just kind of glad I could get the team over the line. Um, it was a great summer out, great captaincy, and some really amazing individual performance, especially from you, T-Rex, with your batting, and some great individual performance. So I'm glad to be part of a great plough win, as always. But yeah, Thank you very much for that mention, mate. It was a, a great team effort, as you said. Um, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me on this great Sunday afternoon, evening. Um, go well for the summer. Um, We've got tour next week. John, look forward to seeing you on tour. Yeah. Mo, we look forward to having you back with us in the, um, in the following weeks. Yeah, you... no worries. So thank you very much. Plough on. Plough on. Yeah, plough on. Uh, Mo and John, thanks so much for joining the show. Great to have you, have you part of us. Um, I also managed to catch up with Steve Brito just for, to, sh- to share our insights or his insights into the wickets. At that stage, we were all, all pretty much spread across the boundaries. To you know, It's important to protect the boundaries, and, and he just bowled in, incredibly well of his couple of overs. So um, over to Steve. I'm joined by he, by club store Steve Brito after the Woking Herschel game, um, who came on in the death overs and, and bowled us to victory. Brito, mate, firstly, congratulations on your forfeit. Very, you. Thank you very much. Very well bowled. Um, mate, talk, talk me through your, your four wickets. Um, I've wanted to bowl for a few weeks, to be fair. Um, a bit nervous bowling the death overs, to be honest. Um, tried to keep it simple, hit the hole, hopefully. And if they, if they don't hit the hole, let hope someone catches it. So, yeah, it was good today. Felt good. Came out like, okay, actually, to be honest. 
Mate, it looked like it came out very well. Uh, I believe there was three bold and one caught in the deep. Two bold, two bold. Max was uh, received two and took them quite easily, to be honest. And then two bold, yeah. Brilliant, mate. Um, it clearly shows all the work um, you've been doing over the winter um, and Made of Our Nets on a Tuesday night is um, paying dividends and paying high rewards for you. Yeah, I think Made of Our's a good little net session, to be honest. I think a lot of people are getting a lot out of it. So, yeah, just happy to get a go, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Um, as always, well played. Um, thank you for joining the Thanks for Coming podcast. Um, look forward to seeing you on tour. Uh, we've got a bit of a break now, so it'll be nice to get away and relax for a little bit and play a bit of cricket. Um, thank you. Thanks very much. Tour's going to be epic. So excited. Steve, thanks very much for your contribution. Congratulations again on your fourth for mate. Um, those, those stats don't, don't lie, uh, especially when you look at your figures. Well bowled, mate. And I heard um, there was some choice attire for one of the Ploughman's team members and Barrett's moved on from the batting jacket. What have you got to say about that? <laughs> yes, well, uh, the, the red or blue hoodie has gone, which is good to see. Uh, however, the uh, the white new club polo, which is probably more for you know a nice evening out or evening attire, uh, got a run on the, in the middle of the pitch. Look, it's white. doesn't match his... White pants, not sure. Um, but there's a few questions asked of him, and I'm sure he'll bring it out on tour as well. So what do we think? Uh, Laura, Paddy, white polo, acceptable acceptable playing attire? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depends if he plays in the, uh, well enough on top of, I think. Let him know. Okay, so then the question is, has Barra ever played exceptionally well? I'm, no, I can't comment. No, I don't know. Don't make me answer that question. I might give a mean answer accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, any further correspondence from any of our listeners out there, please email in uh, and let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And that email address is hello at plowmancc.com. That wraps up the games for the week, and we'll move on to fantasy cricket. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy cricket? Fantasy cricket, my favourite section of the pod. Paddy, tell me, what's your team called? Uh, Trent, my friend, I've actually got a confession to make, and that is that I don't actually have a fantasy team. And that is because, Trent, I have analysed that actually I am in no one's fantasy team. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, Paddy. I am not going to have a fantasy team. Fair enough. Fantasy is not for everyone, and that's that's okay as well. <laughs> But yeah. some poor old sod out there that, won't, that hasn't selected you is going to miss out one time when you bag five catches and make oh, no, make I know, solid. I know. Yeah, and score more than 20 runs after five hours. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not at all. Don't, don't be so hard on yourself, mate. So, Paddy, tell me, who's, who's our new leader? We have a new leader at the top of the leaderboard overall. Who was that? Okay, so the new leader is Leo Connolly. Well done to Leo and his... Bang, bang, he lads. Like the name of that team. Um, I'm going to go across to Laura now. Laura, tell me, do you have a fantasy team? Um, No, because I don't know enough of you to 
comment and I don't want to pick the wrong person and lose so I haven't got involved sorry that's all right that's fine new to the club uh need a bit more time to get some sounding board but if you if you if you listen to the podcast hopefully you listen this week um you'll pick up some good tips okay Laura so tell me who was team of the week uh team of the week was Trent with jugs all round with 908 points of course it was. He knows who the team of the week was, as if he asked that like he doesn't know. He's been waiting and clicking refresh for that to come in all day. So thank you, Laura, for confirming that Trent, the big fancy league dog, is top of this week's standings once again. Ah, uh, so good to feel, so good to hear, uh, and so good to see once it finally updated. Thanks to our statisticians. Um, does help having the the big three. I like to call them in the in the in the team with Brito, Lonsdale, and uh, AJ. Yeah, speaking of Lonsdale and AJ, I think they were um, tips from the host last week. So I hope Tom Lonnan and Hector Barnacle-Hood are picking lottery numbers as well because they've got some sort of fancy crystal ball that they were rubbing furiously throughout the week to come up with those picks. So what other stats do we have from fantasy this week, Trent? Uh, so best bat was Steve Boloff Brito with 130 points. Um, as most of you will be aware, though, uh, most of those uh, points came from uh, his bowling and his catching. However, I do want to just acknowledge his batting on Saturday in really tough conditions was exceptional. So I'd be happy to give those 130 points to his batting. Uh, our best bowler, Ollie Lonsdale. 191 points, outstanding with seven for best all round. Azrael Hark, AJ, 182 points. He took six for and also got a couple of runs at the bat as well. I assume he might have taken a couple of catches. And our best keeper, Ben Hamilton. I believe he took a couple of absolute blinders down leg side that came off the middle of the bat from uh, from Azar as well. So uh, well done, Ben. Trent, before I come to you and get your golden tips for the rest of the season, Paddy, if you had to put one person in your team, who would that be for the rest of the year? Um, a chap called uh, Azul Hall Hack, um, who um, I played in a game recently at Uxbridge and uh, is a young guy, uh, bowler and batsman, all-rounder, Bowls uh, round the wicket, right arm round the wicket, uh, spears the ball into the batsman's feet, uh, and very, very difficult to play against. Real pace, very good line and length, uh, excellent, excellent addition to the club. Bowls superbly. He's got a big, big future. And his batting also, I think he batted about seven or eight. And uh, I think he scored. He scored a fifty, um, and um, very excellent uh, cricketer. So that's my um, that's my pick for the future. Well, the present and the future. I don't think many people will argue with you on that one, Paddy. Mm. Um, he's fantastic bowling at the weekend. Fantastic batting a couple of weeks ago. Man to watch. And Laura, one name from you. Who would you be having in your fantasy team? Um, I'm going to have to just stick with Liam because he's the only person I fucking know. But also because he didn't fail to remind me that um, 
he's been picked best sportsman or something for the last couple of years running. Um, he's reminded me that a few times, so I feel like we should keep the momentum going with that. You can't go wrong with a bit of grey in your side. And we couldn't leave this section without asking fantasy superstar, team of the week man, man on form, Trent Catanzariti for his tip. So Trent, who are you backing for the rest of the year? Oh, cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, stop that. Uh, good uh, good <laughs> fortune. Uh, mate, I'm going to go on a bit of a limb here. Uh, don't know his availability, but Ben Fletcher. Wow. What I saw nice. from him on Saturday. He, I think he's a dark one. Uh, people forget that he keeps as well. Uh, he's batting. Incredible. Couldn't agree more. I think he is a great shout for the rest of the year. He looks the part, plays the part. Good chat, good bloke. Get him in. I'm sorry. One last thing, Chris, is that you won't make my team this week, unfortunately. Minus five, mate. Just let all the <laughs> listeners know what happened. After I bigged you up for this section as well, Trent, you've come in with the minus five. Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to say. Duck, another minus five. Keeping up my duck ratio of 33% ducks in my plough career. Um, I've had four <laughs> innings this year. Got another duck in. So it was it was only a matter of time, really. Um, and that's maybe a anti tip for you fantasy followers out there. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much for your contributions to our fantasy section. That's all for our fantasy this week. Um, now we're moving into any other business. Any other business? Tuneful as ever there, Yanni. And for any other business this week, we have a bit of a bumper section. We've got a James Cesato stat of the week, some elite sledging, who said it, an additional piece of correspondence, but let's start off with our weekly awards. Trent, I believe you've been looking for some people who are obsessed with line and length. Thanks very much, Chris. Yes, a bumper weekend with lots of great line of length bowling. Um, so I've narrowed it down to uh, five five options, and I'm going to hand it over to our special guest to help me uh, nullify this. So in no particular order, we had Ash Paul, nine overs, four maidens, one for 16. CRS, Chris Roden-Smith, seven overs, three maidens, none for 10. Ollie Lonsdale, nine overs, one maiden, seven for 39. Azrula Huck, 3.4 overs, six for nine. And we had Steve Brito, 2.3 overs, four for 10. Some incredible stats all around bowling. Uh, when you look at those five bowlers and they've taken... Um, like 20 wickets between them. That's outstanding. So, Paddy, Laura, tell me who you think. Um, remembering that this is based on um, on economy as well, just to bring that into account. So not to discount the seven for from Ollie either. I would say Asriel Huck. Sounds like put on a pretty good show. I would say them. And I think I'd, I'd confer with Laura. Zeer Hall Hawk. Wonderful, wonderful performance. It sounds like I'm outvoted. I vote for CRS. I think his bowling on Saturday was amazing. He kept it tight, swung it away, 
was it seven overs for 10 runs uh, amazing effort he was definitely obsessed but Hazard sounds like a worthy winner there Trent yeah I um I, I agree with you Chris I was outvoted as well because I was going to go to Steve Brito never seen him bowl before and he he was obsessed with line of length however well done AJ I believe you go by uh great bowling mate look forward to seeing you bowling many hooping in swingers um I saw you at Lord's Nets and yes you can swing it in a mile so moving on to our second award for the day, the newly created Loves to Bat Award. And there were, again, some great knocks this week. I think the most notable of which was obviously DNS with some carnage in the Saturday thirds. The great 50s from Iskander and Reese on Sunday. But as far as I'm concerned, we all know that you can't smash it around the park and get 96 off 40 balls if you don't have another bloke at the other end. So my vote for loves to bat this week definitely goes to Hansi, who not only loves to bat on Saturdays, but he loves to bore the pants off everyone at Maida Vale Nets on Tuesdays and block us out of a death net for an hour and a half. So well done, Hansi. Great batting. Can't wait to see more of you next week. Well better, Hansi. Well better, Hansi. Well battered. And for our third award this week, I believe it's called the Third Man Award for fielding. Laura, what have you dug out of this week's games for this award? So I believe there's quite a few um, people to mention off the back of this weekend. Um, so there was it was a really good day for the keepers on Saturday. Siri took two catches, Ben Hamilton with three. Um, but we've had to nominate the whole gold team on Sunday. Um, we were told that the fielding was second to none. Some people to mention in particular was John Reeves, Simon Crane, like the bird, and Damo, as well as two catches apiece for Brito and Max Gumpert. So well done, boys. The report from the game, and I'm sure Trent will testify, was that the fielding makes a difference when it's tight. Yes, absolutely. And the old saying, catches win matches, makes a, a big difference as well. So the next part of any other business, and we've already heard some good sledges this week, but star of the show on Saturday was Dure Pretorius, who was in a fine form at Gully. Ben Fletcher, who had the pleasure of standing next to Dure for the first time, did say at one point, I'd hate to bat with Dure Fielding. He never stops talking, but he also never takes it too far, which is a difficult line to tread as we can all to attest to. I reckon DeRay backed up the brilliant bowling, to be honest, with taking a couple of wickets himself on Saturday. So much so, I thought we could hear from the man himself on his top sledging tips. Take it away, DeRay. Hello, Plowmans. This week on the Thanks for Coming podcast, I have been asked to produce somewhat of a sledging compilation or top tips for sledging so um i think it's really important when you are sledging to get really personal um but not necessarily in a bad way um you can be friendly and personal at the same time but you need to break that barrier and that concentration that the batsman's in so whether that's a really big g up as he comes in and welcoming personally welcome batsman um or um commenting on how he holds the bat. I particularly like to start 
my sledging off by a big rousing hello and then um bit softer tones you know um mixing up tonality is important to maintain attention um quite often i'll get really like ask quite probing questions like what made you decide to get that color grip um on saturday there was a key moment where their um their pads they had a little tassel sticking out of their pads and I was commenting, and I just speak to Ben Fletcher, so I don't even speak to the batsman, I speak to the other slip, but I speak it loud enough that obviously the batsman can hear. And I say, oh, do you remember when you used to do that? Leave that little tassel on your pads. You only make that mistake once, don't you? Um, just little moments like that, you know, are, are especially important. We really don't want to get back to the mundane, can he pull like his sister chat? That's boring. That's monotonous. That's been said before. But really drilling down into getting personal with how they hold the bat and um, after hitting 1-4, telling everyone that this guy's going to be here for a long time, guys, we should really like get ready to um, to be in for the fight um, because he's gonna he's looking really good. Um, it's a great way to boost their ego and uh, get them to play expansive shots from the outset. Um, but yeah, as a general summary, get it away from the uh, the boring, mundane, all heard and said before comments and get personal um, and intimate and uh, yeah. Good luck for the rest of the season. I hope your sledges um, produce a great return on investment. Plow on. Well, there's some tips for all you youngsters out there. And remember, cricket is 94% in the mind and 6% skill. Chad, do you want to move on to who said it? Yes, another great section of our podcast uh, to this week's Who Said It? Uh, so from our game yesterday at Woking Herschel... We heard from someone, let us know, and this is what the Who Said It was, for not a very young or athletic team today, you guys put in a shift. <laughs> I don't know who they were looking at when they said that, but maybe that could come in with a Who Said It as well. Remember, hello at plowmancc.com. And Paddy, I heard there was one from the Wandel on Saturday night. Indeed, Chris. From the Wandle on Saturday night, the quote is, The thing with Spence is that when I'm around, you all realise that I'm the better person. <laughs> I know, I think I know who that is. Oh, answers. Let's, let's keep the suspense. Let's build it up for next week. Maybe a few answers flying around on tour to that one. And Laura, I think you've got one for us from the Saturday thirds game. I do indeed. I love this one because this is something that I would say myself. Um, but the, apparently what was said was, if you're going to appeal, can you let the bowler know first? Nice bit of attitude there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Some great who said it. And there was loads coming in this weekend. Keep them coming. I love to see them on the chat. So bonus section for us all. We've been back to the James Tizzato stat cave. And he has sent in a second Jimmy Tizzato stat of the week. So remember the format for this. No answers given today. Emails only. Hello at plowmancc.com. Get your stats in. And the stat this week it came in with the quote, stats make everything better in true James Tizzato fashion. 
So this week's stat is which active plough member has the lowest bowling combination of strike rate multiplied by average, making them possibly the ultimate bowling combination? And there's a minimum 10 wicket qualifier on this. So I'll read it again. Which active plough member has the lowest bowling strike rate multiplied by average? So write into our email address and the answers will follow on the pod next week. And we do have some uh, correspondence in from last week's stat question. Uh, thank you very much, second team skipper, uh, Tom Lennon, fellow co-host extraordinaire, um, with reference to the previous question about hat-tricks carrying over, from, carrying over to the next game. So he, his reply was, Hello, podcast people. You can only take a hat-trick in one match. They do not roll over to the next game. So, Tom, thanks very much for reaching out and letting us know that. Um, love the input. Thank you very much. And on that note, that brings us towards the end of our podcast for this week. So all that's left for me to say is thanks for coming, Laura. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming, Paddy. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Trent. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to co-host with you. Our first for the season. Well co-hosted, mate. Well well anchored. Thank you very much. Paddy and Laura, thanks for coming. All the best with the, uh, the summer ahead. Look forward to seeing many more exciting games with you guys. And for all of you going on tour, travel safe. And for everyone else, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Yeah, all good. Um, have you got any more red Hello? wine down there? Pardon? Have you got any, any more red wine down there? Are you taking the mix? No, I, I've got an empty glass. <laughs>